In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Welcome into the Retirement Pathfinder. I am Ben George alongside Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky as we go through a number of different financial investing, retirement planning topics. Today, we're going all mailbags. I'm excited about this one to hear from our listeners, see what's on their mind, and we'll get uh, Barbara and Phil to answer their questions on this episode. And I'll bring them in now and see how they're doing. Barbara, Phil, how are you? We're good. We're doing good. We're doing, we're doing good in the Midwest over here. <laughs> great, great. What's uh, What's going on around the office? Happy to be here. Uh, around the office, well, let's see. Goal setting. This is a time of year then when we're kind of thinking of what our goals should be for this next year, both in business and, you know, then I set personal goals as well in, in various areas. And I try not to call them New Year's resolutions because those seem to be lost in the shuffle mm. come January or February with most <laughs> people. So what was interesting is I have a friend who had just turned 55 this month. And she has uh, put together a bucket list of things she's going to do, 55 things to do in the next year. So between now and next October, wow, she's going to take her age and do 55 things on this bucket list. So it seems like a lot, but then uh, we just went on a short vacation, myself and her and her daughter. And there's a few things that she did on that vacation to accomplish for her bucket list. So it was interesting to look at it that way, too. I, I usually try to look at my goals just, you know, one year out with me. It's more my short term goals. That's kind of what we were doing about this time of year. That's right. Yep. So you you typically do it at the end of the year. You think you you're more successful, kind of sticking to it rather than maybe calling them New Year's resolutions as we typically do. I like to just set goals for the next year. So for 2020, I'll just yeah. pick my various areas, and then you know this is what I want to accomplish in 2020. I start putting things together around November and December because you're tweaking it and you know making some changes and adding and and all of that stuff. It's not an exact plan but it's uh, making me start to think about some of those things now for the upcoming year. Can you share one goal with us, what you have planned or what you hope to accomplish next year? Well, I first look at business and see what it is I've done in business. And then I take a percentage of that to certainly increase business here at Pathfinder. And then I have uh, personal goals. So that that be spiritual goals and spending goals and saving goals. I have those and then I'll take a look. I try to look at what it is that I saved and certainly increase that each year. If there's vacations that I want to take, my goal for 2020 is to take more vacations. It's <laughs> a great so one. So setting aside the dates and times for that. So yeah, I, I'll put all that to paper and then I just make my changes along the way until I have something more concrete toward the end of the year to start out fresh in 2020 with. Well, that's great. Well, we wish you the best of luck uh, checking off every single box next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, always so. hard to do, but hopefully you can accomplish that. Yeah. Let me remind you also about uh, Barbara and Phil. As she mentioned, she is over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. They serve Rockford, uh, the Rockford, Illinois area. And we try to take questions uh, both online at pathfinderwealth.com. You can also call Barbara and Phil at 815-399-9806 and reach out to them. Either if you have a question about your plan, what's uh, you know an investment, what's on your mind, whatever it is, you can call them or set up an appointment with them. But you can also send that to us through their website. And, and we'll bring out some of those questions to ask Barbara and Phil and to share that information with everyone. And that's what the plan is today. We have four different mailbag questions that we've gotten that we're going to dive into. So let's get started with the first one. 
And the first one comes in from Andy. He says, I'm selling one of my rental properties in the next month or two, and I don't have plans to buy another one. What's the best thing to do with that money from the sale? Well, Ben, I'll go ahead and address that particular question because, uh, you know, I'm also a real estate investor along with uh, what Andy's doing here. I'm not sure if he's in commercial or residential, but uh, either way, you know, there's benefits and challenges in the real estate area. And so in order to give him a qualified answer, I need to really uh, get a more complete picture of what's going on. And so I would ask Andy the following questions. First, you say that you're selling one of your real estate properties. And I would ask you, how many real estate properties do you own? And why is this real estate property being sold? Is it not providing an adequate amount of cash flow? Or are you getting out of real estate altogether? Because uh, one of the things we have to understand about real estate is that uh, we do have vacancies from time to time. Since the old uh, book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, came out over a decade ago, a lot of people got into real estate and found out it wasn't quite as easy as they thought. So those people, you know, they've kind of flushed out of the market. But we need to find out uh, how many other units Andy holds. Will he be looking for refinancing some of these units with this proceeds from the sale of the one unit? If so, we need to keep that cash on the side. We can't really lock it up or put it to the market. Also, what kind of an alternative investment is Andy looking for? Would he want to put his money into stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things that he may not be familiar with? Or would he want to keep it in something more short-term like CDs, money markets, and that type of thing? The second issue that we have to address here is he asks, what is the best thing to do with the money? Well, that's a very open-ended question because we need to find out whether Andy needs monthly income from this investment. Will he need to cash it out at some time because of either anticipated or unanticipated expenses, such as vacancies in the other real estate projects that he may have? Will he have to make improvements? Will there be taxes that he'll have to pay? Refinances or personal expenses, such as maybe sending kids to college where he has to take that money and use it. So before we can recommend an alternative, best place to put that money, we need to ask more questions, lots of questions, especially when it comes to real estate, because it's not one size fits all. So true, Phil. You know, when you said uh, he does say he has a, a number of rental properties, so is he going to miss the income? Does he need something, like you said, to produce income? So a lot of uh, questions to be answered before you can just come out and give a, a specific answer. But I, I just kind of took that question as, you know, everything being equal and, okay, I've got money. It's free and clear. What do I do with it? And so my first thought when I hear people say that is invest. So invest the money in the stock market. You don't have to have a, a, a lot of risk these days to uh, invest in the stock market, but invest in the stock market if it's free and clear. Secondly, an emergency fund. Uh, mm. Hopefully he has something like that, especially if he's a, a, a landlord, but an emergency fund is extremely important. You have to plan for those emergencies. And I will always say a Roth IRA. You can always, well, I shouldn't say always, Look at contributing to a Roth IRA. You uh, may be subject to income limits, although they're much higher with a Roth than they are with a traditional IRA. But you can contribute six or $7,000, depending on your age, in a Roth IRA. It's one of the best planning tools out there because it's a tax-free account. So if it's free and clear money, it depends on what, how long. If it's free and clear for five to 10 years, he needs, he needs it within the next five to 10 years, I should say. He may want to invest it in something that is maybe a, a taxable investment account. If it's for retirement, well, then you know, he can certainly go out there much longer. He can invest that in some type of a tax deferred account then. Well, you know, the other thing, Barb, that I, I thought about as we're talking here is that you can actually hold real estate in an IRA account or a yeah. qualified plan. I do have one of my properties in an IRA account. So 
any type of cash flow that comes through there is uh, not taxable at the time. There are pros and cons to it, but you know, people are kind of unaware that they can actually hold real estate in an IRA account. So if you have any questions about that, give our office a call. Gotcha. That's yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realize that either. And I think what's always what I get a kick out of with these questions is, you know, for the average investor like myself, you know, we ask a question expecting a black or white answer. But for an advisor, right. you guys see so many different possibilities that we're not even aware of. And this is just a great example of this. This question from Andy. So you know, Andy mm-hmm. always reach out to a, you know professional and and answer these other questions that they can really help you kind of key in on what's most important for you and help you execute that. Helen is next up. Helen asks us, are there really no tax implications to rolling over my 401k? I don't really like the investment options in my 401k, but I don't want to roll it over and then get hit with a tax bill I wasn't expecting. Oh, I'll take that one. That is a good question. And it's a reason to be concerned if the transaction isn't done properly. Most companies will allow you to move that money out after age 55. Sometimes it's 59 and a half. Once in a while, we do run across companies where you're not able to move that money out until the day you retire, but those are rare anymore. Sometime between 55 and 59 and a half, you can roll that money out. Helen, there are no tax implications for moving your 401k to an IRA, and but there may be a number of reasons to move it. Like you had mentioned, there's a universe of investment options outside of that 401k because inside of any 401k plan, you are very limited to what you can invest in. And secondly, you want to make sure you don't have a loan. If you have a loan, that loan balance will be added to your income for the year, and you're going to pay taxes on that unpaid balance, just so that you're aware of that. And work with a retirement planning specialist, if you're preparing to retire, that is, because they will do the paperwork for you, and then it will be done the right way. But now you have control over the investments because it's not your company, but you that own that once you move it into an IRA account. And if you retire and you do leave that 401k and then you turn 70 and a half, you're required to take a distribution from that account. And you can't count on your 401k plan custodian to do that for you because remember, it's an employer-sponsored plan. It's not an individual plan like an IRA, which stands for individual retirement account. So the 70 and a half rule is very important. And that says that you can combine IRAs to satisfy your required distributions and take it from one but you can't combine 401ks with IRAs when it comes to required distributions. There are many considerations when that time does come. Most of the time, it makes sense to move it to an IRA account. But give us a call at 815-399-9806. We'd be happy to discuss this with you. Yes. The other thing that uh, I was going to add to that, Barb, was that uh, people are not aware of the fact that they can move their IRA for some of the plans. They can move their IRA out earlier before retirement. It's called an in-service withdrawal. And this might make sense to do because if you look back over the last 15 years, you've seen many of these 401k plans have reduced the number of holdings that you can choose from in their portfolio. And part of the reason for that is the government has declared that the 401k administrator, in this case, the HR people, are now the fiduciaries for the plan. And they want to limit their, they want to limit their liability as fiduciaries. And so they've limited the number of choices in the plan. And we find that many times 401k plans or 403bs are inadequate as far as offering the robust selection of academic choices that clients need to realize all the returns that are available in the market. So we recommend that they look at their plan with the possibility of rolling that money out earlier. Of course, they would contribute to the uh, plan in existence until they do retire. But from time to time, look at that and see if uh, they're eligible to do an in-service withdrawal. And therefore, they have a better opportunity for greater returns 
from sources they didn't have available earlier. Yeah, you know, the one thing that uh, people do think when they move that out is that they can't contribute anymore, but you can still contribute to your existing 401k because remember, you're contributing to your plan based on your income and so is your employer. So that can still happen and then you can roll the balance of that out once you retire. It's all very good information. Helen, I hope that gives you a few more things to consider with your 401k. Ellie writes in, she's our next question in the mailbag. I'm a little worried because it seems like all of my friends have a lot more money saved for retirement than I do. Is that a bad sign for me? Well, I'll take that one, Ben. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, beware of the danger of comparative analysis because it could be fake news. And uh, (laughs) one one of my favorite cop shows uh, I used to watch as a kid growing up was basically Dragnet. And uh, there was a, a guy on there by the name of Sergeant Joe Friday. And his response to the witness was, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. I remember so, that thing. You remember that? <laughs> just the facts. Yep. And so, you know, in reality, as we examine the facts, we have to realize that, you know, her friends, Ellie, your friends may not have a lot of money saved. You know, people rarely admit to their financial failures and mistakes and admit it to their friends. Heaven forbid they admit it to their friends. Uh, who wants to be viewed as a loser? So it may not be as great as what you're thinking here. The other thing is that even if they do have more than you, you may be in a better position financially because your expenses and cost of living may be much less than theirs. So you may be in a better position than you know. So Ellie, here's what we recommend. We recommend you sit down with a financial advisor, someone who is going to give you what we call independent and objective advice, not somebody who's going to sell you a product because we find that happening quite often is people, you go in for you know independent, objective advice and all of a sudden you're having to fend off a sales presentation. Well, if you're talking to a fiduciary, somebody who's an independent, objective advisor, they're going to address your issues and they're going to do it from an objective standpoint. That's what we do at our company. So Ellie, before you worry too much about all your friends having too much money or having more money than you save for retirement, let's sit down Let's get all the information, just the facts, ma'am. Yeah, you know, I would say too, Ellie, don't, and it may, may be easier said than done, but don't worry about what your friends are doing because we have to remember that we, we all have a tendency to compare and, and what's perpetuating that these days is all the social media. Absolutely. So, but your retirement is based on your expense plan. So if you think that you're underfunded, well, continue working. And we don't know if she's close to retirement, but keep contributing to your company plan. You can max that out at uh, between nineteen dollars and $25,000 a year and get rid of debt. If you have any credit card debt, we don't know, but that's mm. uh, the number one thing you want to be rid of when it comes time to retirement. Yeah, I think the, the wording in this question, because it seems like, well, everything's not as always as it seems. And that's right, a, lot of the, sure. a lot of times the case with money and, and objects and assets. Everybody everybody wants to show off what they have, but you don't know truly what kind of position they're in. And really the only way to find out what position you're in and if you are in a healthy spot in terms of your retirement is to work with a professional like Barbara and Phil over at Pathfinder Wealth and, and really get a, an examination of your status and your, uh, your position because everybody's different. And it doesn't matter you know, there's not a number you're keying for, right? You're not $1 million mm-hmm. saved isn't the right answer for everybody, right? Right. And then a consultation too, Ben, is no cost. So we spend an hour talking to folks to just see what their situation is. And then we, we just take it from there. Yeah. Take advantage of that free consultation. It can only benefit you. All right. Let's take one more question. This one from Randall. He says, I'm in my mid fifties and don't have much saved for retirement at all, but I own my own business and I'm having a huge year. Best I've had by far. I'll have some big profits that I can invest for retirement. So 
Where do I start? Oh, I'll take that one, Ben. Well, congratulations, Randall, on a huge year. And congratulations on what you can actually save in a tax-deferred account. So I'm, this is an exciting question. You can actually set up a solo 401k. And since you're over age 50, you can contribute up to $62,000 pre-tax or some will offer a Roth 401k where you don't get a tax deduction and it's a tax-free account. So for listeners out there, if you are under age 50 and you're self-employed, you can contribute about $56,000, up to $56,000 in these plans. Well, compare that to an IRA outside of that, and the max that you can contribute is $7,000 and subject to income limits. So that's a huge difference. So you just got a great big bonus for being a business owner because you can start a solo 401k I wish they had higher limits like that for 401k, regular 401k plans. Mm. But the reason that you're allowed to contribute so much to these solo plans is because you are both the employer and the employee. So you contribute the max to both. And plus, on top of that, 20% of your net self-employment income up to those limits. So you can save a considerable amount of money each year in a solo 401k. You open one up now, you can add to it every year. You know, Barb, this particular topic is really near and dear to you and I because, you know, you've been in business for yourself 20 years and I have for over 40, you know, and it seems like it's either steak or hot dogs, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had a saying way back when, when I first started out that, you know, you want to pay yourself first, put as much money away as you can because poverty is just around the corner, which so means you could have some up years, some down years. Nobody's going to be there to bail you out. You're not going to get a paycheck if you don't produce or if the market is down or whatever. So one of the things we talk to our clients about all the time is, you know, whether you're in business or not, pay yourself first. You know, every dollar that you make out of that dollar, part of it is yours to keep. So you need to start early while you have time on your side. And so a lot of the clients that we have now that are nearing retirement, we just encourage them, hey, tell your kids, tell your grandkids, they need to be saving money for themselves early on because mm -hmm. who knows what 401ks are going to look like? Who knows what the social security system is going to look like? They need to start putting money away for themselves and fund their own way to financial security. Yeah, if your kids listen to you at all, have them invest in a Roth, whether it's a Roth oh, 401k, great. whether it's a Roth IRA, you can contribute to both of those depending on income limits, but a Roth is a tax-free account. Roth, Roth, Roth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Roth, 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 Randall. That's, uh, that's <laughs> what Barbara Roth, Roth says. More Roth. <laughs> as much as you can. Randall, thank yes. you for the question and, and thanks to everybody for writing into the podcast and, and asking these questions. And, and we appreciate you doing that and we enjoy talking about it on the podcast, but I also encourage you to reach out to Barbara and Phil, especially if you're in the Rockford area at pathfinderwealth.com or over the phone at 815-399-9806 to get that free consultation, to ask these questions, but to be able to answer more details and provide more details to Barbara and Phil because that's how they can really give you a true answer that best fits you after they know everything about your situation. So be sure to check them out at Pathfinder Wealth Management. That's going to do it for us on this episode, Barbara and Phil. Thank you for the time today. I enjoyed uh, hearing these answers to these mailbag questions. See you next time. Thanks a lot, Ben. That'll do it for us here on the Retirement Pathfinder. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast and you'll have the next one delivered right to your inbox. So for Barbara and Phil, I'm Ben George. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Pathfinder.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.